Hey, welcome to Conversations on the Co-Mission, a podcast where we're talking about the topics, the trends, and the issues and missions that impact both missionaries and the churches that partner with them. My name is Tony Balava. With me today is Stephen Madoff. Well, hello there, Tony. It's good to be back with you. And I am excited about today's podcast because we are going to tackle one of those great mysteries that people often ask about missionaries. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some great mysteries of life. Who really killed JFK? <laughs> what about the Loch Ness Monster? What was it? Yeti. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bigfoot. Did somebody really see him or not? Well, there's one that kind of bewilders people when they think about missions, mm-hmm. and it's this. Why do missionaries have to raise so much support? Because they need to be rich. <laughs> <laughs> I get asked this question a lot. It, it, you know, this is what happens in a church, in a in a meeting, in a conference. You know, sometimes they'll do the lineup of questions mm-hmm. and things, and so you'll have a panel of missionaries plus mm-hmm. myself as a director, and and somebody inevitably is going to ask the question: How much do you, missionary X, need to raise? How much are you trying to raise? And you mm. see that missionary sweat just a little bit, you know, thinking like, ah. Uh, mm. mm. And then they blurt out this number. <laughs> Let's just say $7,000. Mm. And instantly what happens in people's mind is a gasp. Because <gasps> they think 7000 7, times 12 months is $84,000. Oh, my word. Mm. That's heaps more money than I will ever make in my mm-hmm. for my family, say, yeah. in my job. And it creates somewhat this bad taste in in the mouth of people about yeah. why do missionaries have to raise so much? Mm-hmm. And then also dovetails right into it. Deputation is so long because they have to raise so much sure. money. Yeah. So I think it's a great topic just to kind of give some insight yeah. and break it down yeah. for people just to understand why do missionaries need to raise <laughs> so much support? Yeah. As a side note, I do think it's interesting that uh, people are very comfortable asking missionaries What's your monthly income going to be? Where, in general, we would find that to be a very offensive question. If I were to go up to an average church member and say, hey, what do you make every month? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I get it. I do get it. Um, As a pastor, I used to say the same thing to the church. You know, I have to stand up here and, and, and talk to you about what my annual income is from this church, but yet we don't ever talk about anybody else's income in the church. And and I do understand because there's this partnership and investment that the church mm-hmm. is making. They want to understand the figures and the amounts. And you're right, sometimes the missionary just kind of puts that number out there, the whole number, and maybe hasn't been trained to follow up with an explanation or doesn't have the time to follow up or or just has maybe in the moment of because it's it's somewhat of an uncomfortable mm-hmm. question to answer mm-hmm. in front of a whole church hey this is this is the monthly income um but there is I think we use the word science to how we raise our support or at least BIMI missionaries and how they raise support they don't just come up with a number out of the air by themselves. And one of the things that most people don't realize about missionaries is they're not just raising personal salary money mm-hmm. to go to the field. And at BIMI, we refer to, to the funds in two different ways, personal salary and then work fund. Right. And most times, the in fact, every time, the work fund is far greater a number 
than the salary amount. And in if we could educate churches on that alone, it would go a long way to helping ch- churches understand and church members understand uh, why that number so often has to be so high. We try to cleverly disguise in some way, and I don't say that in a bad kind of deceptive way, but we that's what, how missionaries get their percentage. You know, mm-hmm. uh, people usually ask, well, how much... Where are you at? Mm-hmm. Oh, I have 67%. Mm-hmm. Well, 67% of what? Nobody, mm-hmm. not too often do they ask that follow-up question. It's right. just like, oh, okay, you're doing well on deputation. Yeah. But it is that 67% of what? That is mm-hmm. a sum that has to, they have to raise and kind of get through their partnering churches. And there is, like you said, I think that's a great word, a science to how we come up with that number. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it comes down to, as you mentioned, the two parts. One is personal, one is work fund. I try to encourage missionaries when they come in and to, to try to, in that, when they're put in the spotlight, how much money are you trying to raise? Don't just blurt out the answer mm-hmm. of, say, again, let's use our hypothetical $7,000. You have to not just give the quick soundbite answer. You have to say it this way. For my personal salary, I am trying to raise X, whatever that number may be. For my work fund, I'm trying to raise Y, whatever that sum. So Mm -hmm. my grand total is to try to educate people that what the salary is. And you and I, you know, with the missionaries you work with and and the charts we use and the graphs we use to kind of come up with, None of our missionaries are are raking in heaps of dough. <laughs> there, there is no no daddy warbucks around our missionary family. Right. They they are they live very very modestly, mm-hmm. and the biggest chunk of the money is going towards what they're going to be using for their work fund, which mm-hmm. is when they have to operate that church, pay the rent to that church buy the supplies for that church, especially yeah. in the very beginning and, right. and usually for the first couple of years, a mm-hmm. church is not yet self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. That's one of the goals is for the church to be self-sufficient. But in the beginning, someone's got to pay the rent. Right. Someone's got to pay right. the advertising budget of mm-hmm. in the tracks and mm-hmm. things like that. And usually it's the missionary that does that. People don't automatically think about those things that Okay, when the missionary gets there, who's going to pay the rent, like you said? Who's going to buy the songbooks? Mm-hmm. Who's going to buy the, the Bibles that are going to go in the, in the chairs? Who's going to buy the chairs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's, going to, who's going to pay to turn the electricity on and all that stuff? You're right. We want to see that become an autonomous church and self-supporting and all. But in those early, sometimes months, a lot of times years, mm-hmm. the missionary is doing that and The good thing about the accountability process with a mission board like BIMI is those two funds are very much separated, the work fund versus the salary. So you say, because you can almost think that somebody might be listening and say, okay, well, what happens with that? They're still making that X number of dollars a month, but three years into it, the church may be paying paying part of that. Mm -hmm. Well, they still have to account to BIMI. Every BIMI missionary has to fill out a quarterly financial report and they have to account for every one of those dollars in their work fund and they even give an accounting about their personal salary as well. 
and and then we make sure that that is handled in our accounting area. Who, by the way, our staff does a tremendous job. I, what they do here mm-hmm. boggles my mind. Yeah. It really does. They're absolutely amazing staff that put all those things together and make sure that we're in compliance with the IRS. And uh, we're presently working with um, the CRA in Canada, trying to do some things there with our Canadian missionaries. And it, it really is things that a lot of people never, ever think about. But yes, they may not need the whole amount, but then what they do is that remains work fund because most of our missionaries in the church planting mode that they're in, plant the church, leave the church with the nationals, start again. And so they start to accrue some of that money to go towards the next church mm-hmm. plant. Then also there's some unexpected financials that come up in the life of a church that they can help with that way. But one thing is really important for people to know is they can't take the work fund and say, you know what, I'm a little short on my salary this yeah. month and transfer it over to themselves. That's a huge no-no as far as our account- accountability process goes. One of the things I stress to all the missionaries I talk with, not just my own, kind of that I'm responsible to to encourage and help and and train, is to have two different bank accounts even. Mm -hmm. Not just kind of like two different funds, but that you kind of in your mind operate, but two different bank accounts where one bank account is just going to be that, say, personal money goes into, and one bank account is that work fund money Mm -hmm. that goes into. So that instead of looking at a lump sum, and mm-hmm. someone thinking, okay, out of that one lump sum, I have to operate the, the church as well as my own family mm-hmm. finances. Well, that gets so confusing. And time and again, I have seen when when a missionary does this, that their family will be the one that suffers. It'll be like, well, we can't do this and we can't buy what we need for the kids for school or we, we can't buy that clothes that we need. And I'm not talking wants and extravagance. I'm just mm-hmm. saying normal things that every family does because they're like, oh, no, it's going to take out from the church what we need for the church. Mm-hmm. And and it really creates a lot of pressure on the family. On the To me, it's the, one of the wisest things is separate the funds. Ne'er shall the twain meet <laughs> so that, hey, I have this money so I could buy my Christmas presents for my kids. Mm-hmm. And it's my personal money. I could do that, and and that's yeah. and I never have to worry about impacting the church negatively yeah. or or kind of stealing from the church by doing that. Right. It's two separate right. things. It's the best way for a missionary yeah. to do it. Yeah. Well, we're obviously at BIMI. We're very big on accountability. That's one of the things that we believe in strongly, and and our missionaries, um, you know. By and large, they do a really good job of, of accounting for those dollars. And like you said, most of them are going to short themselves on their salary and, mm-hmm. and make sure it goes over to the ministry. Because the bottom line is they have a heart for that ministry mm-hmm. and, and they recognize that it takes money to make a ministry work. Uh, you just think about the local church itself. Sometimes I'll explain it that way in a conference or with pastors Take all of your general operating expenses and imagine having to pay those yourself, mm-hmm. not with a congregation. That's yep. what the missionary has to do at, at the start of it. And and so there's huge expenses at the beginning. But that explains some of why the support level at, at first sounds so high. But then again, even with that work fund, sometimes it sounds high. Sometimes it sounds like, wow, how, yeah. come, how, how come so much? 
And there is a process that, that as directors, you and I and the other directors here go through every single year in formulating um, what would be required for our prospective fields, what is, what is a, a realistic work fund, and what is a realistic salary? I know that you and I do that in a similar way. Uh, I haven't spoken with all the directors on how they come up with those uh, numbers exactly, but I think we all are pretty close on the same page of how we come up with those numbers to make sure that they are accurate. Mm-hmm. And that, number one, they're not over the top, but also we don't want missionaries struggling on the field month to month where they can't pay the bills either, yep. because that that just creates a a scenario for missionary dropout. Let's just be honest. If you were in a, p- a place where you couldn't pay your bills month after month after month, and you were in a country where you couldn't legally take a job, mm-hmm. uh, and that's a lot of con- most countries actually mm-hmm. where the missionary can't legally take any funds from the that that could be a national's job, and so. What do you do? And maybe sometimes they have to come back early to raise support again and such. And so it'd be good, I think, for us to talk a little bit about how we come up with those figures each year. Yeah. Well, as you mentioned, there's there's the two aspects. So let's start with the with the personal, the salary mm-hmm. level. Okay. So when you, whenever a missionary is going to wherever they're, whatever country they're going to, it's not always equal. For example, in my region of the world, someone who's just going to live their daily life and food and housing and such in a country like Australia, it's going to be tremendously more costly than someone going to, say, India. Mm-hmm. Um, the housing market is completely different, which thus means the housing costs are completely different. And then even within that country, we have to look at are they going to metropolis area that's more right. expensive than a rural area? And so I, I for myself, use a couple calculations. One, I'll do a lot of own research mm-hmm. and look at what is, uh, what is the average rent cost of a place in, say, Australia, if someone's going to go to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. What's the average rent cost for a, for a family of four? And kind of put that into the chart then. And then compare it to what's the average rent cost for a place in, say, uh, India. Well, it's going to be a whole lot less. So let's put that into the chart. So already our numbers are going to be different. So then even if we don't go anywhere else further, you already have this thing where one missionary has to raise so much more money. And churches don't understand it. Like, why Mm -hmm. does missionary X have to raise so much more than missionary B? Why are you on deputation so much longer? Well, some of it just has to do with sheer Mm -hmm. location that you're going to. Mm-hmm. And so you have that. And then it talks about utilities. Well, mm-hmm. utilities in some place are dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. Oh, my word. In some countries, utilities are less than $100 a month. You could pay all your utilities. Mm-hmm. Well, in some countries, thousands, you're not even thousands. paying your light bill <laughs> with $100 a month. Yeah, yeah. And and so, it again, an inequity that happens there. Mm-hmm. But, of course, missionaries got to raise that. Right. So then you move over. And we've talked about this even in the past about like retirement and mm-hmm. setting up money to put aside for, for the future. That's something that wasn't part of the structure of missionary support in years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and I know you and I in a previous episode of the podcast talked about what do you do with retirees and why, mm-hmm. why do some of those retirees need church support till right. the end mm-hmm. in a sense well there's a there's been a switch in that there's been a change and so we want to make sure missionaries have what they need for retirement yeah. so there is a retirement because yeah. again 
they need to plan for that, and mm-hmm. that that's part of that. So you add, then you add kids. Yep. All those kids cost money. I think anyone <laughs> listening here knows that truth. Kids yeah. cost money. Yeah. So you have kids, and and you get so much per kid, and mm-hmm. all these things. You add all that up just on the on the personal side. When you take their housing, you take what they need just for like kind of a, like a salary in a sense right. that they get. Then you have their rent, uh, their utilities. Then you have their retirement. Mm-hmm. Well, instantly then. The, you get a chunk of change, and that is where we come up with the personal support level for the salary side of yeah, it all. Yeah, and and the other thing that has to be considered, and we recognize this even in the United States, but we don't recognize it maybe to the extreme in which it exists outside the United States, and that's the tax issue. Mm-hmm. We hear about people moving out of maybe the New England area because the taxes are so high in New England and coming to southern states and so on and so forth. We recognize to move from one state to the other a lot of times people will stop and consider what is going to be my tax burden Mm -hmm. and how is it going to differ when I move from one state to the next. Well, when you move outside the country, you are responsible for taxes that you have probably never dreamt of and thankfully our own government hasn't yet dreamt of (laughs) (laughs) or maybe has dreamt of and hasn't implemented. I don't know. But, you know, I I think of... um, Just as an example, when we were living in Quebec, it had the highest cost of living in all of North America. Mm. Uh, the, The price of items there was just off the charts expensive. And then we had a 15% sales tax on every single item you bought. It didn't matter if it was a gallon of milk or a head of lettuce or if it was a tool in the hardware store, 15% starts adding up pretty quickly. And then there's other taxes on top of that. I think of of Greenland. And uh, right now we've got a a missionary couple waiting on, on... COVID restrictions to be lifted to start making a move out of the country. But uh, Greenland, we know this, uh, they're going to be taxed 40% on every dollar that comes into the country. So you say, how come it has to be so high? Well, because the government's going to take 40%. That's a lot and, of money. And, you know, um, churches say, wow. And and we've even had some conversation about this with our missionaries going to Greenland. Some of the churches are like, that's so high. Is it worth it? Well, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what price do you put on getting a missionary on the ground? And, yes, it absolutely is worth it to pay the, the government 40% of what comes in the country to tell somebody about Jesus Christ and see them get saved. Yes, it is worth it. Uh, the price of a soul uh, is the blood of Jesus Christ. And so to put a number value mm-hmm. on that numerically, monetarily, is really just, we, we don't even want to enter into that realm. Yeah. Uh, but those are things that people just, in general, don't have to think about. And so don't think about when it comes to how do we formulate uh, missions dollars and what people have to raise. I know as we're going through those charts every year, you talked about how you do some of your own research. I, I know that both of us all, uh, each will, uh, will um, also, I contact my missionaries mm-hmm. and I say, yep. hey, listen, what does it le- legitimately cost you? And I'll ask them some very specific questions. What is 
your monthly rent? Mm-hmm. What is your monthly utility bill? What does it cost you to buy a gallon of milk? Uh, what does it cost you to buy a gallon of, of orange juice? I've got a missionary in Alaska. It cost him, if he wants to buy a gallon of orange juice, which he doesn't do, yeah. <laughs> it, it will cost him, it'll run him somewhere between 15 and $20 to buy a gallon of orange yeah. juice. So they take vitamin C pills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, you're right. I mean, in because on the ground... Those people who are paying that that expense every day, well, mm-hmm. I want to pick their brain. And right. to, you know, I can I do a lot of like researching on on sites and things, but talking to those folks who are there living it and such, mm-hmm. I'll trust them even more over a, a website. Off a website. Yeah. So you have that aspect, but then you got the, again the work fund part, and it's not just the cost of ministry, like we've mm-hmm. talked about rent or, or supplies for the church, but then there's other things that kind of are, are really applicable to the missionary, putting money aside for furlough. Mm-hmm. You know, here at BIMI, and, and I'm sure other mission agencies would do similar, you know, we do have folks put some money aside for furlough because we are trying to avoid that thing of when a family is ready to come back after four years or a term or whatever the case may be, that now they have to um, try to either A, shell out a whole chunk of their own pocket money Mm-hmm. or hit up all the churches to help get them back to the states. Right. And so if we do kind of like a little savings plan, you know, required, kind of required required savings. That's right. And so it's some money goes into this furlough mm-hmm. account, which then when the missionary is ready to come back, he's he's accrued some funds, which hopefully mm-hmm. should take care of some yeah. of the the costs of a ticket or mm-hmm. or things of that nature. So we're we're trying to help uh alleviate the burden on the missionary, but also alleviate the burden on the churches. Nothing, if I was a pastor, I'll put it this way. If I was a pastor, I'd be bothered all the time by these missionaries. I want to come back to the States, but we have no money. Mm -hmm. Well, like budget, man, budget. (laughs) So, so BIMI's mindset is we'll make them budget. And so we take some money that that goes in. And that's, that's one of those accountability checkpoints again with BIMI, because while that money that the missionary raises for, um, I think we call it the escrow fund now as opposed mm-hmm. to the furlough fund, it is money that they've raised. And so technically it is their money, but they have agreed to put it in that escrow fund and also have agreed they can't access that money without the approval from their director. And, and literally a signature is required from the director to get access to that money. And again, that's one of those accountability points Mm -hmm. to make sure that we are using the funds that churches have entrusted our missionaries that partner with us in a way that they intended them to be used. And and so uh, just another point to, but it's a great point that people don't think, oh, that's right. We do expect that missionary to come back and report every four years. How are they going to pay for that? Yeah, and and there does need to be money set aside every month because the price is going to come sooner or later, and so they have to raise that support alongside of all the other things that a lot of people don't think about. I'm going to switch the gears just oh so slightly to the missionary side of it because the mm-hmm. missionary is the one out there trying to raise the support, and what I want to encourage them for those listening would be raise the recommended level of support. Mm-hmm. You and I both, we've been in this business a long time, and we always get these missionaries who would, they're eager to go to the field. And of course right. they are. They they want to get to wherever God has called them to go. 
totally understand that. Mm-hmm. So they get to a certain level of money and they think, okay, this will be enough. I don't need to raise that ex- extra amount. I don't need to raise to that kind of level of recommended support. Uh, and, and can I go yet? Can I go? We're only like $500 short or we're at 92% of our total. Can we go? Can we go? Mm-hmm. Uh, my advice always is no. <laughs> no. Get 100%. Get the 100% because then there's also this other factor that always has to be equated. Yeah, short term, you can get to the field. And especially if this is the argument people use. Well, I'm just going to be in language school. I don't even mm-hmm. have all that church stuff. I'm going to be in language yeah. school for two years so mm-hmm. I could save my work fund. I use that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we also are trying to think long term. Mm-hmm. We're trying to think long term. If the Lord's called them missions, we want them to have to think, okay, let's what are you gonna do for twenty years? You and I both have been supported by churches for twenty plus years. Mm-hmm. And and I praise the Lord that I raised the amount of money necessary that covered me for all this time. And churches are gonna decrease your support sometimes because maybe they're in financial straits, so they're not going to get all that you know, a church commits to say, I'm going to partner with you for $100 a month, but then they cut to $50 a month. Mm-hmm. And that happens. Churches close. So all of a sudden, that missionary who thought he's pretty comfortable with all his income coming in and the church is partnering with him, now it's dropping. Their their support drops. And then you have uh, currency exchange rate changes. Sure. And that then impacts their dollar, their dollar figure of what they get on the other end. Mm-hmm. Then next you know, the missionary is like, ooh. That money I thought I was good on, yeah. I'm not good on anymore. Yeah. And so th- that's how we come up with a recommended level of support. It mm-hmm. factors in these various things that may pop yeah. up that would hurt or impact what a missionary gets on on their on their end to just living. Absolutely. And and you make a really great point about the, the currency exchange thing because that can really, really help or harm a missionary. Mm-hmm. And what I do with our, our Far North missionaries uh, on the currency exchange is I basically say don't consider it very strongly at all. And the reason is that it fluctuates on a uh, literally on a moment-by-moment mm-hmm. basis in small amounts, but in large amounts. In fact, we were just looking at the Canadian exchange rate yesterday, uh, my family and I, and recognize that the uh, Canadian dollar is a little bit stronger now uh, against the, the U.S. dollar. And it has changed about, uh, I think, about five cents in the last couple of months. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot, but five cents on the dollar starts to add up. Mm-hmm. And uh, for example, when my family and I went to the field, when we went to Canada in 2000, um, the American dollar was super, super strong. And we were getting a dollar fifty-three Canadian to a dollar American. Now that sounds like a great thing, but remember, I was also paying fifteen percent sales tax and everything. <laughs> yep. At that time, we were paying thirteen dollars a pound for chicken breast. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was just off the charts expensive. <laughs> but within within four years, that that exchange in the dollar changed to almost being exactly even. Mm-hmm. And now you think, well, what if I went to the field saying, oh, I'm going to make 53 cents on the dollar, but four years later, it's break even and I still have these high expenses to pay. 
I'm in a lot of trouble financially. Yep. And so I tell our Far North missionaries, we're not going to consider the exchange rate very strongly. We do factor it in, but not in a, in a great way. And yeah. because it fluctuates so often, and it fluctuates more than most people don't pay attention to exchange rates. And there's all kinds of things that affect that. Sometimes it's directly manipulated by by government. Sometimes it's just economy things. And uh, it it is a tricky, tricky thing to try to figure out and, and try to nail down. As we're talking about this and all of the expenses that it costs to to raise and all the money one thing i really want to stress and and i think this is true with pretty much most mission boards but i know for a fact it's true with bimi and that is missionaries with mission boards aren't raising huge amounts of money to pay the mission board Mm. you know at bimi we do not take a percentage of the money that a missionary raises there is an agreed upon uh, fee that is paid, and and uh, I know we mentioned that in a previous podcast. And Three dollars and fifteen cents. Yeah, and we, per we, transaction over twenty dollars. And we got it high the last <laughs> time and heard about it. <laughs> we got scolded. <laughs> we said three twenty-five. It is three dollars and fifteen cents. And really, when you think about three dollars and fifteen cents, and that is over twenty bucks. So if it's twenty bucks or twenty thousand bucks, it's three dollars and fifteen cents. It's not a percentage. Uh, some boards do percentages, and obviously that could cost more to the missionary. But we've chosen that as as our model, and BIMI operates at just. I mean, again, kudos to the the accounting staff and the home office staff that that do things on a budget that just is mind-boggling, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure that we're not taking missions dollars. But it does cost something uh, to channel the funds to the missionary, to provide the services that are provided. And the truth is, even if they weren't with a mission board, it would cost their home church something to do yep. that as well. Yeah. Most home churches maybe don't even consider, sending churches don't consider how expensive it would be if they had to take, and I know for my sending church, I've had this conversation with my sending pastor and and he's told me, we'd have to hire a full-time staff member just to take care of uh, the the missionaries sent from our church Mm. to, to do what is provided to you through BIMI. So I really want to stress that that when you hear that number, uh, it's not because, oh, they're raising all this money for, well, I know for BIMI for sure, but I think that's pretty consistent with most mission boards. You add up all of these things we've talked about, and that's where you get that number. The mystery is solved. (laughs) It really does make sense when you look at it and break it down. So next time you have a missionary and they're filling out a survey for a pastor to try to get into that that church or there is that kind of time of of panel discussion mm-hmm. and somebody says if they shoot out just that one answer right. uh, without any explanation hopefully it'll just fill in the gaps on this is why it is that way mm-hmm. because again we're not trying to get anyone on to do deputation longer than necessary nor are we trying to in any way just milk off of the churches all mm-hmm. that we a missionary can absolutely not it's mm-hmm. what what is a proper cost of living as well as a proper cost of work fund expenses mm-hmm. where they're at 
tie in some of these other elements that people don't consider, uh, like we mentioned, and voila, there is the answer. Yeah. We didn't even hit all of the aspects in, of it, and it took us about 30 minutes. <laughs> it's no wonder the missionaries standing in front of the panel in the church <laughs> that get a minute to answer. It's hard to get all that information in there, but uh, so much more that we could even say on this topic. But hopefully this will help people to understand why mission support has to be what it it is. And in the end, um, we say this word a lot on on the podcast, and, and we truly believe it, investment as opposed to cost. This is an investment in the eternal souls of people around the world. And we can't put a price on that. There's no there's no value. The price has already been paid. It's the blood of Christ. We said that if it cost us dollars in the investment end of these things to do that, then so be it. Every dollar spent will be worth it in eternity, guaranteed. And uh, hopefully this helps people to understand some of that those aspects of what goes on behind the scenes and trying to figure out why does this missionary have to raise X number of dollars a month? They didn't pull the number out of the air. Uh, it, it has been thought out and gone through a very lengthy and detailed process. If this has been a help and encouragement to you, let us know that. You can contact us. Our information is in the show notes. We counted it a privilege to meet with you each and every week like this. We would ask you if, you, uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, take the time to maybe just uh, hit uh, the stars and, and rate us five stars. Don't rate us three. <laughs> Please no, please no. Five. Five stars. We're not asking for 10 because you can't give them. But if you can figure out a way, do that too. But we would appreciate if you'd share the podcast with somebody as well. And we do count it a privilege to spend some time with you each week like this. Until next week, have a great week in the Lord.